Welcome to Obey Your Strengths with Gallup Certified Strengths Coach, Kathy Kirsten. Hey there, Strengths fans. I'm popping in your earbuds to bring you a three-part mini-series highlighting one of my favorite strengths themes and a few female leaders who have it in their top five. We're talking to Chicks with Command, the bold, decisive, and direct command. It's a rare strength, one of the least dominant in the Gallup database. I admire and even have a little strengths envy for female leaders with command. I want to learn from them, be inspired, and maybe even walk away with a few command-like skills that I can use in my own leadership. So thanks for joining us. We're talking to Chicks with Command. My guest today on the Obey Your Strengths podcast is Becky Anderson, and she is one of our Chicks with Command. Welcome, Becky. Thank you. So when I thought about putting together this mini-series around Chicks with Command, I wanted you to come be on this podcast because you bring a unique flavor to Command. You've got the quiet strength. When I think of Becky and your leadership style, I think of quiet strength. Tell us a little bit about you and, and, and what you do. I oversee advancement operations and talent management at a large research public institution. And you're a people leader, too, so you have a team yes. there. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us the size of your team. Right now it's at 27. Tell us what other strengths you have in your top five in addition to that command and deliberative. The other four are relator, strategic deliberative, and futuristic. Okay. So tell us a little bit about your relator. How does that show up? My relator, it's important for me to know people's strengths, their goals, Mm -hmm. more comfortable in the one-on-one, small group, um, and it's trust and honesty is very important to me. Yeah. Tell us about your strategic. My strategic is a big picture. I use it on a daily basis, but it's how my brain works. Always looking at the big picture, kind of thinking on the spot of different options, plan A, plan B, plan C. What would happen if we do this? What would happen if we did this instead? And tell us about deliberative. Deliberative. I'm more of an observer. I think I like to learn the subject and be comfortable and be confident and know what I'm talking about before I speak. We're going to talk a lot about your command, but I'd love to hear how Uh, uh, just a brief description from you about how you see your command in you. I describe it as a natural instinct to take charge and make decisions. And so before I learned about strengths and before I took the assessment, I would describe it as just doing what you have to do. Where there's a will, there's a way. I've always just had that mindset. And so now we understand why that means. (laughs) (laughs) Now we understand your natural talent to do that. Okay. And what about futuristic? The futuristic, that one I'm always anticipating thinking ahead. And that helps me on a daily just help problem solving and organizational planning, working with my team or other employees and looking at what their potential is, what their next step could be career progression wise. Just in general, I love helping people reach their potential. And so that's comes in big with that. Like, you know, I'm always able to see what they could be doing differently or what could they do to expand what they're already doing and growing their skills. And I bet that vision for yourself and other people also comes through with command when you can 
help tell yes. them what they should do, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> and so, yeah, that can get me in trouble sometimes. Also with futuristic, it's sometimes I'm so focused on what's coming ahead that I'm not enjoying the present. So mm. now that I'm self-aware of that, I try to make it a point to think about the present and enjoy yeah. it. Too. Stay present. Mm-hmm. You know, that's typical for folks with futuristic. As we're kind of starting to focus in on your command a little bit, do you have any stories where you saw your command shining through from your childhood or your youth? It's hard to speak about any of this without you know, speaking about my parents and my upbringing. Okay. And so my dad is a man of faith, and he taught us about having faith and being fearless and how they go hand in hand. And so I really took that to heart, um, despite, you know, my circumstances where we lived and where I grew up, you know, West Side, low income, and even just being, you know, a Latina, you mm-hmm. know, um, I made a decision or I just did not allow my circumstances to dictate my future, whether I didn't have the resources or the opportunities that everybody else did, but I did what I had to do again when there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. 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 And and that has been a value of yours. Absolutely. For as long as you can remember. Yes. Can yes. you remember where it came from? Because it's been that long, just the way yes. you see the world. Exactly. And, yeah. and certainly, I'm sure that it's driven your decisions, driven you through failure. and Absolutely. And, yeah. You know, no matter what obstacles come and just that perseverance, keep moving, keep moving forward, get right back up and keep moving. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my mom's a strong woman. My dad's a man of faith. And so I have to attribute it to that. Mm-hmm. You had two good role models of yes, that. Yes, absolutely. Well, command falls within the influencing realm, right? And we know that Strengths Finder is broken into the domains and their strategic thinking, influencing, relationship building, and executing. And you actually have all domains in your top five. You're one of those rare breeds <laughs> that you're kind of equally distributed be- between all four domains. Command is your influencing theme. When you think about your influence on others, would you say you're an influential person? I struggle with that only because I feel like I need to get perspective from other people. Okay, like would others say that? Or, <laughs> I think they will. So I, you know, I, I have asked since I learned about this, you know, I've, I've asked my children, I've asked my family, I've asked my team, people that I work with. So they all have different answers. But yes, in one way, shape or form or other, um, and how I enjoy using it is being able to sponsor other people or in the way of, okay, so so so-and-so needs a promotion or they should be, you know, they might not have access to the right people or to people that can make those decisions. And so speaking highly of them and promoting their skill set, things like that within my kids. I mean, the things that they see is just my drive and, you know, whatever obstacles that we've been through as a family, you know, that we're still, you know, we keep pushing forward and I don't let anything just stop me, basically. Right. Yeah. So you, you're yearning to to take that lead. I can only describe it as it's just an instinct. I It just kicks in and yeah. I just have to. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wonderful thing that you do, right? Because people want to follow. And, and sometimes does it get you into trouble? Yes. Especially earlier in my career, I think it's different now because I'm in a leadership position, but I haven't always been. And so I can think of instances where I just took things into my own hands. And um, so I do have one example that I can talk about a little bit. 
And that's when I was in my early 20s and I was, we were in Panama and I worked in the military hospital there. During that time, they were shutting down. They announced, made the announcement. I had a lot of, you know, people that I knew that worked there. Um, the hospital was a primary employer of um, Panamanian, you know, people. I decided that I would offer one person, you know, to help them with their, somebody that I knew on a daily basis with their resume, help them make sure their skills transfer to their next job and all those things. And so I did that during my lunch hour. Probably wasn't supposed to, you know, but I did. And then they had a friend that needed help. And then they had another friend that needed help. So one day as I'm helping, my boss walks in and he was the chief of clinical support division. And he just has his hands on his hips and he's shaking his head. I realized that there's literally a line outside our office, down the hallway, down another hallway of people waiting to speak to me. But, you know, in his conversation with me is what's going on? What are you doing? So I explain they need help. In their eyes, it's almost like it's their well-being. You know, it's, it's in jeopardy. And how can I help? And so his conversation with me was, you can't save everybody. You can't help. You can't, you know, it, it's beyond our control. You know, I understand what you're doing, but you can't be doing this here. Things like that. I really was just trying to help. <laughs> <laughs> that but I a, felt like I needed to do something in their chaos. Right. And, you, and know? you could. And you yes. were creating calm and helping them take steps forward towards a resolution for their own personal problem. Yes. Yes. And then other people caught wind that that was yes. happening and they could come to you as a source of yeah. moving through ambiguity in an uncertain situation. Right. What I love about that is, and I, I talk about this all the time in my strengths workshops, is that we have a job description and then we have a talent role. Mm -hmm. And what we're seeing come through in you in that story is that you were known and recognized for your talent role. Luckily, your boss was understanding, but well, understanding it and then like get back to work. Yeah, You're not going to get down. fired. <laughs> Shut me down. <laughs> he shut you down, but he didn't fire you, yeah. you know? Um, but understanding how you bring that sense of, of calmness to people and helping them move, make the right steps move forward. That's awesome. Oh, that's a great story. How has your command grown professionally? Now, let me tell you something I'm thinking about, and maybe you can react to this statement. In some of the Gallup podcasts that I've listened to, they've described command as in its raw form or its immature form. It can be, I make great decisions for myself. Mm -hmm. And command that grows and matures becomes, I make great decisions for all of us. So it's inclusive of those in your working groups, your family, mm -hmm. or your neighborhood, or whatever context you put it in. Have you seen yourself grow in that way? When I think about taking charge, and every time I'm in a situation where I'm doing that, it's always because I'm trying to be helpful. I'm trying to, you know, bring calm to something or just help a situation, help an organization, help build something, um, help make a case for something. There's been situations where people will come to me and they've lost confidence in something that they're working on or a project they didn't go like they thought or they didn't get the promotion they, they were looking for. A lot of it is just encouragement and helping people see their own potential and, and helping them build that confidence back up and that it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to pivot in the middle of a project or in the middle of a plan, you know, and I feel like I, I use it and see it now and I use it to help others. My passion is to help others see their full potential. Me too. From different strength sets though, right? Mm -hmm. But yeah, because, you know, 
I've got belief and maximizer. My wanting people to see their full potential comes from the belief maximizer, and yours is coming from deliberative and relator and futuristic, like mm-hmm. connecting to their vision, the, their future. When I started working with you, you had an intact team, and then your team at the university experienced a leadership transition. One thing that I saw you do particularly very well with your team was that you stepped into that time between leaders, right? There was an executive search going on, Mm -hmm. and there was some interim leadership, but it wasn't strong, like, daily leadership, right? It was was kind of... Yes, it was... Interim, it was. Interim, yeah, mm-hmm. I guess it's just interim. Yes, mm-hmm. interim leadership. And you really kind of stood up as like a backbone for your team and said, we're going to keep doing the great work we're doing. So when we had the leadership change and, you know, the, that transition happened, as soon as I knew it was going to happen, right away, you know, I started thinking, okay, what do we need to do to make sure people don't start jumping ship for one and that they don't feel discouraged or start wondering not everyone is comfortable with transition and with change like that. I just made it a point. I don't know how effective I was, but I felt a responsibility, a duty to try to step up and fill that gap in any way that I could, whether it's bringing calm or just, you know, the daily, the day-to-day interactions, the day-to-day operations of the areas that didn't have a leader supporting my interim in the best way that I could, my interim VP in the best way that I could, keeping him in the loop and advising, making decisions. For the most part, my bigger focus was on the team. You know your work. You know you have the skill set. You have the experience. You know we've done this before. Own what you do and just keep keep going, keep moving forward. Eventually, we'll have a new leader. And for now, let's not stop. Let's keep moving. And so that stability that you created for that team, you brought it every day, right? That that beating that same drum of, you know what you're supposed to do. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. Nothing has changed about our vision of where we're going and right. what is the most important thing to do today. And I think that's command, you know, bringing that presence and helping people have some emotional clarity during an emotional time. Right. Because the the leader, it, she moved on to something wonderful, right. right? And we're happy for her, but we all experience a loss when Absolutely. we lose our leader. And it's, it's I, I guess I have to mention too, when, and when I step into that, you know, command during a chaos, um, it's hard to describe, but it's almost like I'm able to somehow remove my personal emotions and feelings and just help and make it happen or help things move forward. I experienced that at work. I experienced that when my dad was passing away. I was the person chosen to handle all of his health care and be his spokesperson. That was a hard thing to do, um, but I was able to do it. And I'm not the oldest in my family, but my dad for some reason, I guess because of that, that he saw um, that I could handle it emotionally. And I went through it through the whole process when he decided he wanted to stop treatment and be the one to make it happen. And so after everything was said and done and after the funeral, then I felt it, you know, and then I felt it. And the same thing with the transition, you know, up until, you know, the last day we're having to go away. And then that's when I you know, the tears start coming out and <laughs> I have my right. moment. <laughs> and you get, and you get yes. your moment, right? Yes, yes. To not yes. be the, the, st- the stable rock for yes. everyone. Yes, Yeah. In this mini-series of Chicks with Command, I'm talking a lot about conflict and confrontation. Okay, and Gallup 
tells us that command doesn't shy away from confrontation. You're not frightened by it. Can you help describe to us what confrontation or conflict looks like from your point of view to the benefit of us Mm -hmm. who sometimes maybe get paralyzed by it? In my experience, it's usually, it comes from usually a misunderstanding or miscommunication about something. So my first um, instinct to do when there's a conflict, whether it's between two people or even with myself with someone is asking questions, you know, finding out, you know, what was, why do they feel a certain way? And, you know, I'm working with two people and I'm asking the same questions of both parties separately and then bring them together and have that conversation. I think it's important because how else are you going to get to the root of the problem? More than 90% of the time, it's a minor miscommunication or misunderstanding. And, you know, I've been doing this for many years and that's usually been it. The source of the mm-hmm. conflict. And sometimes it's personalities and at that point you have to agree to disagree, but I'm just a big believer in being direct and head on. Let's just talk about it. So when you say direct and head on, what does that mean? Like if you <laughs> wanted me to be direct and head on, does that mean I tell you everything I'm thinking? Does that mean no filter? What does it mean? It means pretty much like you ask questions. Hey, you know, I noticed, you know, you've been behaving this way, you know, towards me. What's going on? You know, what what have I, have I did? Did I do something or what is it? Half that conversation. You might not always get an answer because not everyone is comfortable having those conversations, but you've done your part. And if you've done your part and they're not responsive, then for me, I'm able to just move on from that. In my coaching practice, Becky, there are many people who I have worked with individually who have received some feedback based on their command. And that's usually what ends them up in a coaching position. (laughs) Does that surprise you? (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And they come back with the feedback that, yeah, I can be direct, Mm -hmm. sometimes harsh. What feedback have you gotten? Depends who you ask. Okay. (laughs) Well, give me some examples. Okay. So on the personal side, I guess my husband would say, I don't know when to turn it off because um, I'm in this mode at work all the time and other things that I have to deal with. And then in a marriage, it's a partnership. And so it's a little bit different. And so that can get me in trouble there. Another feedback I've gotten is that I can be intimidating. And I never understood that. I don't think I'm intimidating. I don't, you know, what am I doing to intimidate people? Now that I'm self-aware of those things, I soften my approach and be more considerate of the fact that not everyone has that strength and not everyone can just do it. Because prior to that, my advice would be, well, just do this or just go talk to your boss and tell them this. And they would look at me like, what are you, you know, like I'm speaking a different language. Yeah, like I would never do that. <laughs> yes. How, what do you mean just go tell my boss yeah. what I'm so- <laughs> Yeah. Yes. And so I've learned that. And so now it's more about, okay, other skill sets that you can use to replace that if that's not one of your strengths. Is that where you maybe use some of your relator? Yes, I guess so. If I'm coaching somebody, I usually know more about them. And so I'm able to identify what their strengths are and what, you know, their their blind spots are and help them navigate through that. Makes sense. Command can be persuasive. It can help draw people in and help them 
have clarity in certain situations in which maybe sometimes folks are having a hard time seeing the truth of the situation. Mm -hmm. And I know that the people who have command in my life, you know, that my friends or coworkers who have had command have many times helped me see through emotional clutter (laughs) and get to a persuade me into a direction to get me moving again. Do you have any stories about doing that or like do you see yourself doing that? Just pulling the truth out? Yeah. Kind of. Is that what Kinda, you're yeah. Helping us discover our own truth. How about that? Often, quite often actually. And to me it's just about asking questions. And more than you know, usually you'll answer your own you'll get your own answers just by answering questions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. about yourself or what the issue at hand is or you know what is the issue well that's a unique approach becky that i would say not all commanders have so i've learned that okay so i it's it's that's how it's evolved so it used to be more direct where you told people their truth yes and yes (laughs) we're both like like, cringing you can't see us but we're like cringing that i helped tell you your truth but that honest friend that's gonna tell you that even if it hurts but it's it's the truth. It's the truth. And now instead you help broaden their perspective through questioning. Yes. I changed my approach to by asking questions and just letting, letting them bring it out. And it, it won't be long before that happens. So how patient are you in them getting to the truth, particularly in the professional world? I, I mean, might help them a little sometimes. Okay. Um, and knowing what questions to ask. So someone is having a question about their lack of career progression, and, and they would complain, why is so-and-so getting it and not me? Great example. We're doing the same job. We have the same skill sets. I don't understand. Or sometimes I've been here longer, and I don't see it happening. What's going on? What is it? By then, usually, it's they've already asked you know, for the promotion. Sometimes they haven't even asked. Have you asked? Have you said? Have you voiced that? Have you communicated that? You want a promotion. Have you gone and put a plan together and shared this is what I want to do? Sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes the answer is yes. Let me see what you presented. You know, we'll go through that. And sometimes it's harder because it's about their soft skills that they may need to work on on something. It's their approach or it's skills that or lack of that Mm -hmm. don't normally show up on performance evaluations and attributes is what they're called. If I know them well enough and I know that there's an issue that they need to work on, I will try to drive the conversation there. And how is, you know, have you been working on your communication or have you been working on your teamwork? You know, what have you done this year for your teamwork to show that you're a team player? When was the last time you got negative feedback and what was it that you work on that? Things like that. Mm. And what you're saying right now is bringing to mind another example of that I've seen people with command do is where they, through questioning, hold people accountable. Mm-hmm. For instance, if two people are in a conflict, would you not say that you sort of put people's feet to the fire and say, and what was your role in yes. that conflict? And I always start with myself. If I was helping someone through a conflict and I would try to think of an example where I might have gone through it. And I do. I always look at self first. You know, that's one of my biggest things. Okay, what what have I, you know, contributed to this situation and holding myself responsible? So I try to do the same thing with them. So this is what I figured out when I went through this. Have you thought about that? 
you know, have you thought about what you could be doing differently or maybe your approach is a little off? That's the kind of the approach that I take. Which makes it more more palatable. (laughs) (laughs) Easier to swallow some Mm -hmm. of those truths. Okay, let's imagine we're talking to a group of women that do not have command in their top 10. What tips and tricks would you share with us for increasing our presence and increasing our confidence and our decision-making abilities and making increasing our influence that you do naturally with command? Think about your expertise, you know, and how much you really know. A lot of people don't give themselves enough credit for all the experience, all the job knowledge that they have. If you have a seat at the table, it's for a reason. You have an expertise. You're bringing something to the table. Use it and be confident. Own your knowledge. Own your experience. It's okay to make mistakes as long as you're learning from them. And I'm big on that. Like I always tell my team, everyone, we're all going to make mistakes, myself included. You know, as long as we learn from them. There's nothing, there's very few things that, mistakes that will really have a huge impact and just you know, for example, you were a surgeon or something that's different. Right. But in our world and in, in what we do in our industry, it's it's not like that. And so it's okay to make mistakes. That's how you learn. And even failing, if you come up with some kind of plan and it's not working, it's okay. So what? What's plan B? What's plan C? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm always thinking about what's, you know, alter- alternatives to and pivoting if it's not working. Another thing would be communicate regardless of what you assume others might think. So whether it's in a one-on-one conversation with your boss and you're afraid they're going to think, oh, you don't deserve that. So what? The worst that can happen is they tell you no and be okay with that. (sighs) Okay. You're the second chick with command who said that. And now I'm thinking, is there a pattern here that what's the worst that could be told? No. Like have the confidence to ask Mm -hmm. for what you need or what you want. Mm -hmm. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yes, absolutely. You know. You have to know your value. You have to know your worth. And you have to, as my previous boss would say, take control of your own destiny. And only you can do that. And whether also in a meeting, like not everyone, I'm one because I'm deliberate. For others who may be confident, may know their what their what the subject matter is or what, what a, a new idea may be, they're just not communicating it. And then they wonder why their ideas are not implemented or why they're not moving up. You have these great ideas. Talk about them. Communicate them. What's the worst that can happen? It's, they just tell you no, and that's okay. Life still goes on. Yes. And there's a, there's, there, well, there's a way. You just keep there finding, it is. finding another. I, I, I totally right. live by that. You do. And the other thing is do your homework. If you're not comfortable, if, you're, if you know you don't have a lot of confidence, then practice. Do your homework. Prepare ahead of time if find someone who does have command or who does have those skill sets and get their opinion or feedback on what you're going to do keep it simple when you're coming up with a plan or you want to pitch a new idea just keep it simple you don't have to go and write some white paper right off the bat you know it's just keep it simple answer the basic questions and then you know if the concept is accepted or whatever then we can work on the details but keep it simple I love that. I love those those tips and tricks. And I think the one that hits the most is you need to be confident enough to ask. Don't be afraid of no. As you work and lead with your command, what do you remind yourself with to make sure that it um, is effective? To stay humble. No matter 
you know, where you're at in your career, no matter how much authority you have or, you know, influence on others, um, stay humble. I mean, that's important. That's part of, I consider myself a servant leader, and that's part of that, you know, kind of staying grounded and and remembering, you know, influence versus control. You know, you want to influence others, not control the situation or control the person. I think that makes a huge difference when you're wanting to gain that trust and wanting to influence others. It's about that not controlling. So that's probably where you've also shifted from instead of directing what to do, asking questions. Yes. Right. And listening and observing. A lot of listening and observing. Understanding what their issue at hand is or understanding what is it they're going through and find a way to relate. Becky, it's been so fun to listen to all of your stories of command and your deliberative, your private side of you that doesn't want to offer a lot of personal information <laughs> did really well today. Thank you. <laughs> so I want to thank you. And I can't wait to see you again. Thanks for being one of my chicks with command. Thank you so much. This was fun and it was exciting. Good. Thank, well, you. thank you for being that. Obey Your Strengths is produced by Geekdom Media in association with Game Day Media Enterprises. Executive produced by Lorenzo Gomez, John Garcia, and Michael Largent. To learn more about Kathy Kirsten, visit her website, kathykirsten.com. That's K-A-T-H-Y-K-E-R-S-T-E-N.com.